I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. All right. Hi. Happy New Year. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Kate. This is Mike. And this is our first episode that we're recording in 2019. Our first episode that went live in 2019 was with Adrienne Marie Brown, who was, she wrote my favorite book from 2018 called Emergent Strategy, but we had recorded that episode before the holiday break. So this is our first recording in 2019. And I personally am very excited for this fresh new year because 2018 was hard and I'm grateful for the lessons. I'm grateful for the strength that I gained during that year. And also, I'm excited to bring those new insights and that additional strength into hopefully a year with a little more ease. And Jennifer Rassiopi, who's our resident astrologer in origin, I had a reading with her at the beginning of September, I think. And she told me that I'm not an astrologer, but you can go back and listen to our episode with Jennifer Rossiopi if you want to know more about how it all works. But basically that the planets are in their more appropriate houses or the houses that they're more happy in, in 2019, as opposed to the tumultuousness of 2018. So I think it's going to be easier and I'm excited. How are you doing? Uh, Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that would be nice if 2019 was a little bit easier. Yeah. I mean, I guess we never know, but that's my desire. It could be harder in some ways. Most likely will be. Usually. I don't know. Maybe it is. Why are you looking at me like that's so weird? Because I, I, I wouldn't say that like every year is usually harder than the... the no, there could be something that happens in 2019 that was harder there, yes, than... For sure. And let's say putting on my pants leg or something. You know, I don't know. That could be harder because if I start buying skinny jeans... Are you going to start wearing skinny jeans in no, 2019? No, but putting on jeans that are skinny jeans are going to become are a hipster. Be a little bit more challenging than wearing something that I wear now. Fair. Which is looser. Let's hope that the low stakes things might be a little bit harder and that the high stakes things <clears throat> like your health, our business, and parenting are a little bit easier. Yes. How's that? That would be great. Okay. Cool. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. So it's nice to start over a new year. I agree with you about the freshness of something, starting something new. It's cool. And I like doing that as well. And yeah, I would say, I mean, that's what we're going to talk about today, but I'm a little tired, you know, at this moment from, uh, not tired, but just like, it's been a busy couple of weeks with holidays, with work wise, where we planned and scheduled time off and it was you and I doing our year end review. So and then like then we hit the first week in January and it was like boom and then so it's like I'm just taking the kind of the remaining of the week to chill a little bit more. So here's the thing. Like we're always course correcting, right? So just because Mike and I talk about time and energy management and planning doesn't mean we're perfect at it. But we do it and we're engaged in the process. So here's a prime example. We took off as a company from December 22nd until January 2nd, which is 10 days. So that feels like, oh yeah, that's amazing. Like 10 days off, awesome. No deliverables, nobody was working. But the thing is, in between there was Christmas Eve, Christmas, New Year's Eve, and New Year's Day, and also some weekends with the kids 
and also we were going to do our year-end review and annual planning. One might think that's plenty of time for all of those things. It was not. So we're kind of coming back into 2019. Having done our year-end review and annual planning, I feel really great about that. And we're mm-hmm. going to share insights that will help you in your goal setting and annual planning as well. But also just to say that at the end of 2019, we're going to take an additional week, if not more, to do the year-end review and annual planning process so that then the week between Christmas and New Year's becomes the time we could go to the movies or go out to lunch or actually chill out as opposed to what ended up happening, which is kids still had daycare or we still had childcare on the days that weren't holidays. But on those days, we ended up doing our planning. Yeah, which, so, which took quite a bit, you know, it takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of focus because you have to be really present. So while I enjoyed it, we didn't end up really having the downtime because we were also hosting over the holidays. So, right. Yeah. So this whole do less thing is an ongoing journey, isn't it? Of course. Yeah. (laughs) There's no moment where you're like, Oh, I've got this one handled. It's a practice. No, just like meditation, just like being present, just like all the things. Okay, so should we talk about, we did a whole episode last year about our year-end review and annual planning process. Yes, we did. So you can go back and listen to that if you want to. It's also a how-to lesson in Origin with a companion guidebook. So if you're a member of Origin, you have access to that already. If you're not a member of Origin, we're actually opening the doors in a couple weeks, and you can go to myoriginworkshop.com to get on the wait list for the brand new time and energy management workshop that I created. And then you'll be one of the first to knows to, to knows <laughs> to know when the doors open again. So anyway, that's that. So we're not going to go through our entire process with you, but I do want to share some of our biggest lessons from 2018 and also some lessons that I learned personally, and you can share whatever you want, but some, some key lessons about goal setting that I learned personally as we were doing our annual planning, because it felt different than previous years. And I feel like I have a much better understanding about how to set goals in alignment with the truth of who you are and the truth of what you want, as opposed to setting goals. So like setting goals that align with your soul, as opposed to goals that align with your ego. But yeah, I like that. Goals that align with your soul. Is that from someplace or did you just make that up? Um, I don't know. It could be from someplace oh. and... Well, I didn't know if you're referring, you're referencing it to something. Well, I else know, read. like, yeah, the desire know, map good. talks about goals with yeah. soul, so I definitely didn't come up with that. Oh, cool. Yeah, great. Let's go. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> um, so, is there something else you want to? I don't oh, know. Yeah, for some I know. Reason, I was thinking you were next. <laughs> no, we well, we've we've haven't read reviews in a while. I couldn't get together basically when we would sit down to record the way I felt. So those will come back in, into play. So if you would like to leave a review. Those are happening on, you could do go to iTunes, I believe, you know, or wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll pull it up. We'll get better at that into the future. And uh, yeah, so now that I'm feeling a little bit better, we'll get back on it. Great. So go ahead. Let's dive into okay. what you want so to talk So I'm just going to share some of my biggest lessons from 2018. I, well, okay. So I can't share. So first I just have to say that my word for 2019 is devotion. And this word came to me as I was listening to my friend Laura Thompson Brady talk about doing a word of the year call. At I'm in a mastermind with Laura. She's amazing. And she was talking about hosting a call to guide people through coming up with their word for the year. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then mine just dropped into my head. So there it was. It was devotion. And so for me, 
the reason that devotion feels so important this year is because last year at this time, if you had asked me what my big intention was for 2018, I would have said to have a healthy, happy baby, ideally a VBAC, and you know, healthy pregnancy, recovery, really spend the time recovering and spend the time with our family during maternity leave. I wanted to take a five-month maternity leave, and I would have said my business goal was to grow Origin. Now, I will talk about later, I don't believe growing Origin is specific enough for to call it a goal, right. but that would have been more like an intention. I have a very specific goal around it for this year. But a go- More specific could have been like grow by... Th- 200 members by 200 members by this particular date so i believe in you know we've heard the term smart goals smart means specific measurable action actionable Mm -hmm. realistic and time bound i kind of like to change that a little bit so it's specific yes measurable yes aligned i think feels a little bit better than actionable aligned so is this goal aligned with who you are and what you actually want real does it feel like it could be part of your reality like for example if i set a goal this year to buy a 20 million dollar beach house in the hamptons that just a it's not i don't want that i don't really i don't want to live in the hamptons (laughs) so a it's not really real connected to my actual life i also don't want to move it this year but also it's like really beyond where we're actually at in our life, in our finances. So a lot of things. So so it doesn't feel real to me. And when I asked our Origin members when it comes to goal setting, what they struggle with the most, a lot had mentioned, well, I don't know where the balance is between setting big goals and thinking big and being realistic. And for me, the real or the realistic really comes down to I like my goals to feel like a stretch because I like to be challenged. Otherwise, I get really bored. Like if I said, I want to grow Origin by 200 members this year, well, that's not a stretch. Like that's going to happen for where we are right now. But buying a $20 million beach house in the Hamptons is definitely like, that's beyond a stretch. That's just just like, that would send me into a tailspin if I decided to commit to that and really go for it because it's not real based in my life. Does that make sense, Mike? Yes. Okay. And then time bound means there's a date by when you would want to have this happen. Otherwise, you have no idea if you hit the goal or not. But what about having, let's say you do want to own a house in the Hamptons someday. So let's use your example you said. Well, let's pick something I actually want. I would like to live on the water someday. Okay. Not necessarily in the Hamptons. Got it. Probably in Maine. <laughs> let's just stay with the Ham- Hamptons is specific. Okay. So you're, right. you just said you want to live on the water. That's not specific. And you're like, maybe in Maine. Okay. So that's more specific, but let's just say, let's say East Hampton right next to Martha Stewart. It would be, if it were to be the Hamptons, it would be Sagaponic. Okay. So Sagaponic (laughs) in the Hamptons. Kate's thought a lot about this. Um, No, I just have family there. (laughs) Yeah. So, and Sagaponic's really nice. It's beautiful. For those of you who've never been to the Hamptons, because I come from Indiana, so the whole Hamptons thing, all I see is on TV and the movies. Kate and I spent six months there right after our road trip in 2011 so it was december of 2011 to may of 2012 in this house that we it was kate's friends it was a winter house like it was winter it was but it was was their summer house yeah it was their summer house there's no insulation so we were just like cold a lot but it was beautiful right so i have never been to a place with it was insane from the money and the abundance that 
it gave me a perspective when I visited this place. Like there wasn't any people there in the wintertime either besides the regular townies or what do you call yeah, it? Yeah, I mean locals. the population. Right. The, the population goes is way down, in the, way down in, the winter. in the wintertime. And so there was all these giant homes that were just empty. And as we walked around a lot, which we did a lot because the weather is more mild than here in Maine. And we'd go to the ocean and the, when it was warm, we could go swimming or dive in, which we didn't do much during that time. But we were the, there December to May, so I don't know that I ever got in the ocean during that time. No, a couple times I think I did, but not not in December. It was more like towards May. But and we've been back in the summer to visit friends and stuff that we've made there and et cetera. But it was such an eye opening experience of so this kind of goes into what Kate's talking about to say like, well, I want a beach house, or let's say we'll go with the example, I want a twenty million dollar in the Hamptons. But like, do we even know what that looks like? Right. Like if I ever if you sit here and say I want a 20 million dollar in the Hamptons, but you've never been to the Hamptons. How do you actually can visualize what a 20 million dollar house in the Hamptons looks like besides like a piece of paper or a notebook? But going there was this experience of tremendous abundance and and just tremendous wealth. And for me, I was like, oh, there's plenty to go around. So it's like it wasn't this kind of race to the top thing that I believe, like which we're going to talk about here in a second regarding the goals but it was just such an eye-opening it was such a crazy eye-opening experience for me to realize like whoa because it's not like if you think of your town you live in and you think of the i can think of the picture of the town in indiana that i grew up in was about you see these giant neighborhoods right like these giant homes and you know you lawyers or doctors or whoever lives there or they started a business or they started a business you always hear the stories from the people but in the hamptons wasn't just like a neighborhood it went on for 40 miles like it's from when you hit West it's Hampton. It's the whole region. It's the whole, it's, if you look in Long Island and you go pull up the map of Long Island and look at the Hamptons, it's the whole thing. Like it was incredible. So that's experience. South Fork on the East End. So getting back to the example of a $20 million home on the Hamptons, like let's say you want to do that one day, right? Let's say that's, a, is that okay to say, I'm going to put it out on my long, like, would you put it yeah. on your long dream board? Yeah, absolutely. If that was something that I really wanted, but I'm trying to think of something that was that's real that I actually want that probably isn't going to happen this year. Just from a real because because I really believe in honoring the season of life that you're right. in as well. And our season of life is two small children, and we don't um, have a twenty million dollar year business. So realistically, exactly. You know, it's like getting so it's it's the actual reality of the bandwidth we have, the team we have, how much we actually want to work, and also the reality of the lives of our children and wanting to be here with them. And not to say that you have to bust your ass to grow your business by any means. Sometimes doing less actually helps you achieve more. And I think last year was a really great example. I am coming back to your question, mm -hmm. but last year was a really great example. We spent a lot of time and energy as a company, not necessarily me and Mike, but as a company working on things that did not, net results. And so that was a really great lesson in just because you're producing a lot of things and you're because you're busy doesn't mean you're actually growing. And so that's that's really a lot of what the do less philosophy is about and, and what we're continuing to refine in our own lives and our own business. But like a big goal would be, okay, I have one. So it would this is maybe more within the realm of a few years from now, but I'd like to take the entire winter and like take our girls and live in Australia or something for three months. Cool. I really would love to do that. 
And that feels exciting to me. That feels aligned with my desires to show them the world, to have international travel, to connect and meet with new people, to expand our horizons, to understand different ways of life. I mean, it might not be Australia. It could be, you know, it could be West Africa. It right. could be, you know, because I'm just trying to think about like oh, people who have wildly different lifestyles than us probably Australia is not like the number one choice right um you know or whether it's Argentina or you know I'm just making things up now but that feels like okay that would not feel real as far as my smart goals for this current year because it's already January and we just don't have the infrastructure or the financials in place to go do that and trying to get that to happen right now I don't want it badly enough right now to make it happen. Could I, if it was a number one priority? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to. Not interested. Plus your skin would flare up up the wazoo if we added that element of stress. I maybe feel. not. But maybe if maybe we not. I don't know. Climate, but either, regardless, like up. that's not my desire. But I will tell you, as you know, I've been having this desire to spend two weeks in California this year. That feels like a stretch. It really does. But it also feels real. Like it feels like I can taste that. I can feel that that could happen. And I think that each of us has to know that for ourselves, what feels like, okay, that's just ridiculous. And what feels like that's a stretch, but I can taste it. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. And that's a very personal, I don't know, that's very personal. No. And then even, so going back to, so that I would call that like a short, let's just break it down a little bit. Like a short term vision would be like going to California for a couple of weeks in March, let's say when it's cold in Maine, right? By the way, I just want to put this out there because we have an audience here. I desire to be in the L.A. area, ideally like Venice or or Santa Monica for the first two weeks of March. So if anybody has a house they're renting or some scenario, please email us at info at kdnorthrop.com. Or if just you Instagram are a me. nanny who yeah. happens to have those two weeks free. Just send me okay. an Instagram message at Mike J. Watts if that, that'll be the fastest. Great. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, because that is something we've talked about. And then now we're getting, we kind of got off of it. We got off of it, but I got back on. But now we're, you got back on. I did. And I'm, as you know, when I get yeah. back onto something, I'm kind of like a dog with a bone. <laughs> um, so back, I want to go back to your word devotion for a second. Oh, yeah. Tell them about the painting. Oh, oh, this was interesting. Thank you for remembering this story. So the devotion word for the year had come to me. And that was it. I don't know that I mentioned it to anybody. And then Mike and I, that following Sunday, it was on Friday. You told me. I had told you already? Yeah, because that, that was my when word the painting the walked in. No, but no, that's part oh, of the yeah, story. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. So I walk into the gallery. We were out Christmas shopping, just the two of us, which was really fun. Mike's parents were here visiting and so they were watching the girls so we're, we we decide we've been talking about like wanting to get real art for a while now like we don't really have any original not much original artwork and we have a lot of blank wall space in our house <laughs> yeah. if you walked into our house it, I mean it's beautiful and it also like we're not quite there yet <laughs> no, I mean okay this is how this, this is what the art piece or what we have on our walls for instance the calendar that we've done planning with it's plastic from staples right the rollable calendar thing it's a year and a glance yeah it's year and a glance most schools have it and office buildings that was on our wall last night because we Licia was here and we were talking about the year layout and i walk in the house from the front door i'm like man even the calendar (laughs) makes the room it changes the look of the room and i'm like we just put the plastic you know calendar Uh, i know we need some stuff on our walls but 
so we walk we thought oh let's just go into a gallery let's just check out what's available and I actually have a degree in art history so art is something that is part of my heart and soul I've always been really interested but you know there's just not always time in your life or not always the financial resources so we walk into the gallery the first painting I see I was like I just I loved it and it brought tears to my eyes I loved it so much and then I looked at the title of the painting and the painting was called devotion and then not only did I have tears in my eyes like I really welled up and I couldn't believe and then I told Mike in that moment I love this painting and I'm so blown away by the fact that the title is devotion which is my word of the year so I explained about the word of the year and so there we were. So immediately we talked to the woman working at the gallery and we found out that they just let you like take a painting home and test it out on your wall, which is kind of amazing. And obviously we had to leave our credit card information, but they don't run it or anything. They just take your number and then like let you walk out the door with a painting in a in plastic. So that was awesome. So we take the painting home, we get it on the wall and I sat with it. And the truth is... I didn't love it on my wall. And also the investment didn't feel wise. And what I realized is that it was my first opportunity to live into what devotion means. And for me, devotion means keeping my eye and my focus and my heart on what I really want instead of getting distracted by the things that come along that can take me off my path, like old patterns. The old pattern would have been to buy the painting. The new devoted pattern, the devotion to our family goals, the devotion to our company goals was actually to take the painting back and decide not to buy it. So that was my first act of devotion. It actually happened in 2018 because it was over the holidays, but but I was already beginning to live into what devotion means for me. And, and in this case, devotion meant changing my old behavior, which would have been a spontaneous purchase of a painting, and instead really stay in honoring of the fact that it didn't look that good in my office <laughs> and also the fact that, that we have some financial goals and they don't really include making a huge investment in art right at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So, so that felt really good. Yeah, and then, yeah. It was great. And yeah. that we, yeah, we'd had to repaint the wall and then move it around. And it was the whole thing. The like light like, wasn't quite right. There yeah, were a couple about, of things. We have a friend, we have friends that built a house down the street from us that actually designed their home for art pieces and like the yeah, lighting. Yeah, because they've been art collectors yeah. for years. And I was like, and so they have lighting specifically for art in their home. And I'm like, that's smart. That was great. That is great. We could do that, by the we way. We could do. We, we could run, because you can we, run wires across the, in the, like if we find a place where we want art to be, we can have the electrician install light. Oh. So that's something we can do down the line. Once we get our art. So Yeah, we have to get yeah. So back to the but goal. But back to the lessons. Yeah. So just to kind of so a smaller goal would have been like, let's go to California for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And that's something that's more doable in this year. Yeah. Right? Even it going feels to real to me. Yeah. Even going to Australia, New Zealand for let's say three or four months is doable this year if we really wanted to make it happen, right? It's not something we're just going to pick up and go do tomorrow. Right now, we don't feel like it. We have a nine-month-old baby. Doesn't sound exciting to travel. Like there's a book launch. Like it's just not. Like that sounds know. like a great plan to do when there's no diapers involved. And maybe um, when both girls know how to read. Maybe on an airplane. I don't know something. 
<laughs> but it's like, so that's something that is doable. But let's say like three to five year kind of in that range, like a mid goal type thing or mid whatever you want to call them. You can call them goals. That's the Australia plan. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And then the long term, let's say in 20 years might be a $20 million house on the beach in the Hamptons. Even though we don't want that. Might be. But maybe that that is something that could be looked at yeah. a more longer term place to be instead of putting pressure to be like, I want the $20 million house on the beach this year. Well, it's like, oh, my business is doing $100,000. Oh, okay. Is that, re is that really reasonable, right. right? To look at, it's like, it's creating realistic desires right. in your life. And I think that for me, it's I used a lesson to set, for myself. I used to set goals, let's say about our USANA business back in the day. I would always be setting these stretch goals, but I would have too many goals and I never actually really looked at what my life was and what I was willing to do in order to achieve those goals. And so I would fall short, which by the way, I am also, I am, I don't think it's that big of a deal to set a goal and not hit it. That was oh, another correct. concern that came up from the origin ladies. Like what if, you know, what if I stretch too high and then I don't hit the goal? Fine. That happens to us all the time. We have every year we have goals that we hit. We have goals that we didn't hit. We have goals that we didn't even set that we did hit and that were way better than what we thought we were going to do. I mean, I just think life can't be controlled that much. And so I don't get all wound up about whether or not we're going to hit the goal. I'm more concerned about what do we actually want our day to feel like and our week to feel like and is achieving this goal in the way we think we're going to achieve it in alignment with the way we want our life to actually be like. Yeah, which is something that, that I don't think about that at all. Oh, I always think about that. No, I know. Now I am, though. <laughs> because it's... So I heard this... I forget who said this. This was recently. It was Brene, maybe Brene Brown. And because I was listening to her on the Dax Shepard podcast. Oh, my God. That episode was so good. Yeah, it was great. Brene Brown, Dax Shepard, fantastic episode. But I think she was talking about that men are driven by achievement and that that's where their worth comes from or that's what they define their worth as. And then women are defined by connection, right? So what you just described is purely about connection, right? And so in my head, and I told you this recently, this is actually since I've been sick in October of last year, like in 2018, when it really hit hard, I've had every single like way that I previously thought I've, rethought about and challenged right and been looking deeper into this way so during the holidays you know we were talking about our new year review and it was for me to think about like oh taking the weekend off or like not working at night to be with my kids or we might take a family trip that there is no work and it's just the family it's weird to me like it's a weird thing for me to think about to be now, granted, most of the time I'm not working at night anyway, right? So in in You're too tired. Yeah, realistically, I'm not working that much at this time at night anyway. So if I realistically look at the lifestyle in the last year since Ruby was born, we're not working much at night anyway, right? I, I'll speak for myself. I'm not working much. At, neither one of us are, depending on what, like, there's circumstances that happens, right? I try not to. Yeah, but the goal is to not have to work at night, right? But for me to say, oh, I don't want to work at night in 2019... It's weird for me to be like to set that goal or not even to set that goal, but just to make that declaration where it feels like, well, what if this happens or what if that happens or what we're creating this? So for, for me to, to hear you and when I think back to the past couple of years, what has been 
very fulfilling for me actually has been the time with family and kids and realizing like, that's what I'm here to do. And it's, I was talking to my buddy yesterday. We were having this similar conversation about, he's like, cause he just left a contracting position. I'm working with a big personal brand and he's just taking some time off. And it's so funny. He's like, you know, so I've had all this time off. It's like, I see everybody like new year starting over and putting these goals and I'm going to accomplish this. And he's like, it's all stupid. And I was like, hilarious. So we had a whole conversation about, you know, why this is, why he feels it's stupid, et cetera. And for me, it's like establishing like re like what is fulfilling here at the end of the, like when I die, like how am I going to be most fulfilled? It's not going to be by me working from seven to nine o'clock at night. Right. And it's sometimes that might happen. Right. But at least right now at this phase of my life. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really important and that's, that's where the goals aligned with the truth of who you are is really important because, and that's why I think that smart goals have to be aligned for the A instead of actionable. Now actionable, yes, of course they have to be actionable, but I think it's more important to ask, is this aligned? And and that's why a year end review is equally as important, if not more so than the planning process, because so often we just plan the year without looking back at the year before. And I think it's really important to look back and say, well, what were my most meaningful moments? Mm-hmm. When I go back and look at this year, what mattered the most to me? And for us, when we talked about it, it was these weekends where we didn't have plans, where we were able to go places with the kids or just hang out around the neighborhood. And it was time spent together as a family. Mm-hmm. And so if we then go into 2019 and pack our calendar jam full so that every weekend has plans so that we're working at night so that we're only with our kids for an hour a day that's not in alignment with the truth of who we are because we just proved in 2018 during one of the most challenging years of our life that the things that mattered the most was time spent together and if we're edging that out with our goals then we're living against who we actually are and guaranteed will get sick or something will happen that will shock our lives back into, I don't want to say back into balance, but back into alignment with who we are. Because if you get too far out of alignment, something will happen to pop you back in, but it's better to just do it consciously so that you don't have to have the chaos of illness or accidents or, you know, relationships falling apart or whatever. I mean, of course those things happen and I'm not blaming people for those, but so anyway, big lessons learned in 2018 for me, and this is where devotion came from, was that if you had asked me at this time last year, it was healthy pregnancy, recovery time, family time during maternity leave, grow origin. But then what ended up happening is we did all these projects in the fall, two in particular, two promotions that sucked up a ton of time and energy and did not have the end goal of growing origin. And then we didn't grow origin because I got off track partially because I was on maternity leave and I was just kind of like checked out and not really paying much attention to what was going on with the business, which honestly I'm grateful for. And I don't really have a whole lot of regret about, but we we, will come back to this or we can about the presence of the five months downtime Mm -hmm. and how we didn't, there was an element of, because we talked about this during our review but I feel like, go ahead. I'll, I'll, you'll t- remember. Yeah, keep, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
I was totally devoted to healthy pregnancy. I was totally devoted to the birth process. I got to have a VBAC with Ruby without any meds during the delivery process. I had some meds afterwards because they had to, the OB had to like go fish a piece of lost placenta out. And I was like, yeah, I don't really need to feel that. So (laughs) I had the fentanyl, which was felt great. And then I had a retained placenta and that was like a whole thing. I think we've talked about that on the podcast. I certainly posted about it on Instagram. So it was weird, but back to surgery. uh, Hi, like, how about you go have a DNC three and a half months after giving birth? Because technically you're still pregnant. (laughs) Um, not with the baby, but with the placenta. So anyway, I feel really great about that. But what happened is I kind of just like didn't, I just didn't stay true to what I really wanted in our business. And it shows. So the good news is we were able to take, I was able to take five months off. I was really sick for the first quarter of the year, the whole time with being pregnant. I just had a cold, like a terrible cold that wouldn't go away. I think I cracked a rib from coughing so hard. You did. I did. I cracked a rib from coughing so hard. I didn't get an uh, x-ray, obviously, because I was pregnant. But And then I did great with the birth, did great with the recovery. Still could have used a little more downtime and a little more help, but you know, this is a work in progress. And I did not stay devoted to my business goals. And yet our business, our revenue remains steady. Our profits went a little bit down and I have something to say about that in our review, but pretty remarkable that we were able to keep all of our employees, even though I was off for five months and you were essentially off for nine months and still have solid revenue. It's pretty good. It's really good actually. Like the fact, and, and while I feel like I was not devoted to my true goal, So that is why my 2019 word of the year is devotion, because while on a personal level, I felt super on track with what I really wanted on a business level, I was not. And, and I want to feel differently at the end of 2019. Nice. I want to feel devoted. And so that is the word. Do you remember what my word was? For it was started as ease, but then it was something else. And now I don't remember what it was. Oh, for, for 2019. Yeah. I I thought it was ease. Yeah, but I don't think it was. Oh. I, th- I changed it. I remember Was it joy it. and excitement? Fun? Was it fun? I feel like fun was tossed we pulled, around. We pulled yeah. up behind a truck yesterday with the license, with the license plate, plate fun. fun. And, and it I was green, it was, right? mm-hmm. it, was, it, was it was this green. mint green yeah. pickup truck with the license plate fun. And I felt like that was such a sign because we had just been in our planning with Licia talking about how we really want to reconnect with that feeling of fun in our business. Like business started to feel a little heavy and like a slog yep. at the end of 2018. And we we all three of us said we want to reconnect with that feeling of fun and joy that we had at the beginning when we all started to work together. Yep. And then we saw the truck with the fun license plate. It so cool. you really got to watch out for these signs because they are everywhere if you're paying attention to show you that you're on the right track. And that was such a great example. Like the devotion painting. Yes. Side note, in my art, oh, my art forays. So the Saatchi art app (laughs) that Saatchi is a gallery I believe it's in New York and Saatchi is spelled I think it's S-A-A-T-C-H-I so when you go to the app you can actually they have this like what's it called it's augmented reality so if you think of Pokemon Go when that thing was exploding and you you, people would walk around with their phones and catch Pokemons 
That's called augmented reality. Augmented reality, where you can actually see the painting on your wall in the room on your phone. It's amazing. So I was looking around at art and I found this painting is super beautiful. And I was like, oh, this would be so great for Ruby's room. And I'm looking at it. And wouldn't you know, the title of the painting is called Ruby's Habitat. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't make this shit no, up. It's amazing. So good. Anyway. So we were so- going to order it one day. And then uh, see, and you have, you can return it so as well. You so can, yes. They have a seven day return policy. Yeah. We have no affiliation with Sachi Art. We're no. just excited about no. that. No, if you're into the app and art, it's Kate geeked out. Like she was. Oh my God, I had so much fun I was like going Saturday to bed. Night. She's like downstairs moving furniture, sending me pictures, like the whole thing. I was checking, I was trying all the art on our walls yeah. through my phone. It was really fun. It was great. So, but I want to talk a little bit about the presence piece okay. of kind of building off what you talked about where I'm reading this book by Dr. Shafali. Sabari Sabari and it's one of her I can't remember which book I'm reading but it's like her first one and it talked about last night it was just talking about getting back to if conscious parenting conscious parent conscious parenting that's the name of the book and it talked about anxiety anxiety and anxiety anxiety and so if you're experiencing a lot with children or around there it's like children force you to become present and really that's what children want right is that presence piece and so if i look back to last year in our business even when we were off like we decided we're going to take these five months off when we were doing our review kate and i managed to fill downtime with a lot of stuff that we didn't necessarily need to do like we ended up working with the landscape companies and had, you know, we got landscaping done. And then we was just like, and then I was working with builders to possibly finish our basement out, which we ended up, you know, we're not doing it right at this moment. And it was just like all of this stuff that we kind of got because we've been busy people, let's say quote unquote, busy people or full lives or, you know, doing things. We just really, instead of being and so what took place in the summer was we filled all this downtime that we were supposed to have downtime with stuff. Right. And then what happened in the fall is that we were forced to be present with our lives because I got sick. Right. It changed the dynamic with being parents. It changed our marriage. It changed the way we were functioning around the house. It changed the, like the roles around the house and what, how that was. And it was really, it's not, I would say it's cool to look back on, what we attempted to do and so we didn't happen and then we were forced to do it because I ended up having all the skin stuff and then now moving forward it's like can we stay in that space and I think that's really what we've been talking about on this podcast today and then also that's what the way we posi- that's the way we planned our life for 2019 yeah. you know it is this it's very being intent it, it, there's a lot of intention and like Kate talked about devotion to the way we want to function our life. Cause you even, are you going to talk about the money? Yeah. Goal? Okay. So it even goes into what you want to, is that next? Yeah. Yeah. So this kind of leads into this. So we had written out, I had written out these goals, just a couple goals. I'm not, I don't have like a list of like 25 goals for the year. It's like three. And the goals were, they had to do with audience growth, revenue growth, and origin growth. So they were our growth goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of course you could have other goals like learn to cook Indian food or you know, learn to play the guitar or, you know, spend so many free weekends with your kids or whatever. I'm not writing down a lot of those things because I feel like we're doing great with them. I'm not like big on resolutions, but I do believe it's important to have business goals, just a couple. And so I'm reading this book, The One Thing by Gary Keller, which I highly recommend. 
And um, I just I, finished Deep Work Mike just by fi- Cal, Cal Newport. Newport. And it's... I haven't read that yet. Sim- it's to. like a... I mean, Deep Work is basically taking your one thing and going deep, right? So go ahead. Totally. I'm excited to read it. So I look at these goals that I had written down. There was an audience growth, origin growth, list growth. And I think there was one about your consulting. Yes, there was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we... Yeah, there was yeah. more than just that. But yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah. Yeah. And... I asked Gary Keller's filtering question, which is, what is the one thing that I can do, which I meant which one of these goals, basically, that I can do that will make everything else easier or unnecessary? And for us, it was obviously audience growth, because if we grow our audience, then origin will grow, and then our revenue will grow. Mm -hmm. So that was great. That helped really clarify that, okay, well, then the goal of 2019 is audience growth. Okay, now let's break it down. What are our avenues? And of course, we, we did that and we're, we're sort of looking at how that's going to be. Okay, great. And we have specific goals around it, you know, specific numeric goals around it. We want to double our list size and yada, yada. Then, but what felt really important also, so then we were talking about our revenue goal, and our goal had been to written down and it feels it this feels real to us because we have a book launch coming up and we have things in place that will make this real that we had a revenue goal to double our revenue and i even said because i said let's do three million and you were like let's do two right Right. and so but then once we were going over our finances this is part of the year end review and we were looking at our numbers we realized that even though our revenue so so 2017 was our first seven figure year 2018 was our second seven figure year revenue was about the same maybe 2018 went down a tiny bit but i think we don't i I don't don't quite know it'll it'll end up be because of the same yeah it'll end up being about the same within 30 grand or so probably yeah and so but our profits went down each year so we actually had less profit in 2017 than we did in 2016 correct we had less profit in 2018 than we did in 2017 am i saying that right yeah well anyway our profits have been going down yeah so we're still a profitable company and i think it's remarkable that the two people who started the company took this much time off and remain profitable cool Mm -hmm. and yet i realized who cares what our revenue is i want to double our profits I don't care if our revenue goes down. I want our profits to double so that we can contribute to the causes in a bigger way that we want to, so that we can give our employees bigger bonuses and bigger benefits so that we can, you know, invest in some of the things we want to invest in. Like, it's really nice to throw around revenue numbers and yeah, it sounds fancy, but like at the end of the day, your revenue does not determine your quality of life. No. Your profits determine your quality of life. So that goal then shifted from doubling our revenue to doubling our profits. Because I have no doubt that you and I can double our revenue. It's what happens to it after that. Correct. And so that's really what Money, A Love Story is about. That's the work of the Money Love Course is really getting clear on our money habits. And the bringing back of the devotion painting was a pure act of devotion to our financial lives. That was money, love in action. And that felt really good. That felt super like, like a strong move. So it was because if we would have kept it, it would have been old Kate and Mike's pattern. Yep. And so taking it back was the right thing to do at that time. Now we could, you could go back in there in a year and the painting's still hanging on the wall and you're like, I want it now, you know, then now it it would be great. 
but it's going to be much different than in that it was that was like a lesson from the universe that said like what are you guys going to do are you going to learn your lesson or follow the same habits and then the one last thing that i want to say before we wrap up can i talk about the revenue profit thing before you move on so I feel like it's such an important thing because you see there's ads on Facebook, there's ads on Instagram, there's all these videos. I generated seven figures. I did all, there's so much hype around it. And by the way, we have an ad running right now talking about generating seven figures, but it's not an ad. I just want to be really transparent and say there is an ad for the Origin Workshop that's live right now talking about the way of managing a life with two kids, a seven figure business you know, a book, a yada, yada, yada. So I just want to be clear, like we do talk about having a seven figure business because it takes a lot of wherewithal to get to that place. And we had a lot of huge lessons Mm -hmm. and growth that helped us get to seven figures. And now it's like, what's next? Okay. Well now what's next is becoming more profitable within that realm. So it's not to say, you know, so I just want to be really transparent and say like, you know, we talk about that and we're proud of it and there's more. That's correct. And it's not, I was driving around with my buddy who does, he does like auditing. I don't know how else to say it, but basically he looks at when they loan money to banks. So he works at a bank. To businesses. To businesses. When he, he does like, let's say you have a line of credit and they, and then you have to pay it back. Right. And then they do audits on your company every year to be like, where are you going? So he has to make decisions about like this company. We got to stop funding this business. So we got to shut it down. Like you got to close. So we were talking about the landlord who owns my office building. And so he has that office building and they used to run out of that. And he used to have, he used to, he was a builder and he used to build seven or $8 million homes a year. And the whole office building complex was packed with like his architect designers, the whole shebang. Right. And now he builds one home a year and he has an office. He built a couple commercial spaces, one in our town, one in a different town. And then I don't think he does much besides that because now he's got he's got great companies and he renters in these places. He works out. He goes to the gym. He like hangs out. He takes trips. He travels, like all of these things. And he goes, yeah. There's a lot of builders actually that you would be surprised that that this is what they do. They they go and they finance and build a building. And he goes, it's not like they're making maybe you know it's not like they're making a million dollars a year coming from these. But he's like they can still live. Like they might be making 80 grand a year from something they invested in 20 years ago. And if your life can operate on $30,000 a year, $70,000 a year, it's way more powerful to figure out what that is for you. So like if our business only did, let's just say we did a little bit over a million again this year. Let's say all we ever did from this point out, our business did a million dollars. Would we be happy with the life that we're currently living? Yes. And the answer to that for me is yes. Because when I really think about what has been created, what we're building here from a community perspective, friends, family in Maine. Also, we can get, we can travel as well, go to places because also the points game, you know, that we play. So it's like that allows us to continue living our lifestyle. And like, we don't need a $20 million house in the Hamptons, right? And so it's to get clear. And when we, you're investing in like business training programs or whatever you're investing in, it's Really, instead of because there's a sales process, right? There's a sales process to origin. There's a sales process to this podcast that you'll go through that'll get excited for you, but also check in with the people that you are purchasing these products from to be like, is this relevant to me at this moment in time? You know, does this make sense for me? And then what drives that? So I think it's really important when you look at those revenue because it was a very eye opening experience for us to be like, oh, we don't need. At this moment, like I'm sure one day we'll have a $5 million, $10 million business, like as it grows and we change and things 
and happens. Maybe we won't, but I feel like that is, it's going to be a much different vibe than just like the ego drive of a $5 million business or something. Yes. I'm far more concerned about the impact we can have Correct. and the lifestyle we can lead. Um, I don't. Yeah. I did want to get to seven figures and we did it. It feels good. And now it's like, okay, mm-hmm. what does that actually look like? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the final thing I wanted to say is that Licia said something really profound yesterday during our planning day, which was that she felt like the pace Sometimes that we go as a company, especially while Mike and I were somewhat absent this year, she was left with a lot holding a really big bag that was just like intense. And she felt like the pace, and I can completely agree with this for myself, has edged out creativity in certain ways because when we go from one thing to the next, we don't have the breathing room to see the bigger picture and to allow solutions and possibilities and new strategies to kind of bubble to the surface. And so, you know, this is really what I talk about with the upward cycle of success in origin, which is having four distinct phases of creation. And two of them are really winding down, slowing down phases. And we've gotten really good at implementing And typically as a culture, we're really good at doing the emergence phase, which is getting started and the visibility stage, which is launching or publishing or, or shipping or getting your thing out there. But the whole, the two other phases are culmination, which is the wrap up and the evaluation and the, you know, really finishing things so they can be fully completed. And then the fertile void, which is the pause, which is the rest. And so while I think we've gotten better about it each year, we need to even be better about it in 2019, Mm -hmm. planning the time for culmination and planning the time for the fertile void. And so we might do some pretty revolutionary things with our company calendar this year to go against the grain of how everybody else Mm -hmm. does business and more to come on that because it's not, we're not sure yet, but for sure we've already blocked in downtime after projects in our calendar. That was like a first and foremost, the downtime gets blocked in and we've already rearranged promotions to have more space on the calendar because anytime we're talking, we're just devoted now, Mike and Alicia and I, that anytime we're looking at the calendar and it's feeling squunchy, like, oh wait, we have three things on top of each other that one of us will say something and say, Hey guys, there's not enough space there mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, at the end of the year, I don't care how many promotions we did. I care how the year felt. Right, And if the year felt too rushed and it felt like we made fast decisions that didn't make any sense in the grand scheme of our company because we were moving too fast and we have a pacing problem, then we need to slow it down. And so 2018 was a new level of realizing that, yeah, you and I had a lot of space. We took a lot of time off. And yet the way we crunched projects in in the other time and space I would say the first half of the year was great but then the fall was really rough and you were sick and it's a little hard to determine if that was a business decision or if that was like the universe teaching us something or whatever like we don't really know but the truth is we're watching our pacing and to me that feels like devotion to a lifestyle and a level of impact that I know we can have when there's more breath and when there's a deepening that cannot happen when we're just on the surface busting out to do items and trying to get through to the next project. 
agreed. I just the first half of the year for me, there was no space. Yeah, you were. I was. Really I did tons of consulting and jammed it in because I knew we were taking time off. So I'm learning this. This will be the, my last because I didn't. You did your takeaways, but yeah. I didn't do my takeaways. So this will this will kind of I'll do two at one time. The I'm listening right now. We had a, we had Kate was on the phone with a friend of ours the other this past weekend, and they were sharing their health journey that they've been through because they were also it was relevant to like the conversation of what was taking and how and basically what she ended up saying was how well she holds on to stress and anxiety and she didn't even realize it so i was listening this morning to trevor noah's born a crime book on audible fascinating like i we have it and but i realized i canceled my audible account a while ago and i realized i still have i have all these books i haven't listened to so i started driving the car and he grew up a crime right because it was illegal for a mixed race couple it was illegal for a basically a black no it was a woman and a black person to sleep with a white person in South Africa in South Africa during the apartheid and so it was illegal like so he was technically born a crime because his mother was black and African and his dad was from Switzerland and I believe he was German in Swiss Switzerland and he was white and so I was like wow like think about for, just from the anxiety perspective what our friend said this year and what I'm learning now since I have been sick I know in, my nervous system is really jacked up. It's very, I don't, it's really hard to describe, but like, you know, sometimes when you are carrying something and then you drop it or it slips out of your hand and then you go and you, your hand moves really quickly to, to, or let's say there's a ball rolling off the table and you just like bend down and catch it or whatever. And you just do it, right? It's a, it's the reaction, a reflex, a reflex right? For me right now, when that happens, I like get pins and needles like going through my system and it's very strange it makes me very uncomfortable it's weird it it kind of sometimes takes my breath away i have to like stop in that moment but my reflex system and my nervous system is still really sensitive at this moment especially going through this experience i went through over the last couple months so i was like how much as we move this speed this speed thing and we move in an area that everything is so fast right now like we live in an environment we have never processed information as human beings this fast we can see everything that's going on around the world right and so we are taking all of this in and then what if you're born this way like if i think about trevor noah so he was born into massive anxiety a massive oppression system and it's like, what does he carry around on a daily basis? And we saw his comedy skit earlier this year that talked about going, you know, he's been pulled over in America driving a car eight times, like for no reason, like just being a black dude, black man driving a car, right? And so like the anxiety that's carried around from individuals and everybody's circumstances are different. But like, if I think about us, like as myself, I crammed in that year, we took five months off that was still, we like sat in anxiety we're like let's create something else that we need to instead of just being here and so how do we transition that and so that also makes it rough for our team right as we're building the company and the business if we are living in that world that is very uncomfortable and very anxious like that trickles down right it trickles down to like Alicia talked about the pace so as we're planning 2019 out and the the pace and the what we want to move at it's really important you know for that and that's been a big lesson for me is to like really that's that place and then oh, I've already talked about the, kind of the other thing this year was the, it's like learning about like, oh, like fulfillment is picking up the kids from daycare, right? And just being with the family, like having dinner at home, like being that is instead of 
being, it's like being present, being with myself instead of letting the ego, my ego really got a slam dunk in the face this year about with my health experience, right? And understanding that, have an empathy for people that have chronic illness and have gone through this experience for a long time. And so what it's like just being in that present moment with myself and like being with myself as this. And so it's like, what is the, it's ego's important. Like it's part of us, we all have it, but it's, it was something that, and for many men that exist in this world and women as well, but I'll speak for the male gender. It's like, that has been the main driver. It's like, look at me, look how big I am. Look what I've accomplished. Look how, how much success. And we're getting, a, you know, the whole, that whole piece for me has come to light where it's like a real, it's like, what are we doing all of this for? You know, cause it's not about the $20 million house in the Hamptons, right? It's like, let's go on a three month vacation or two week vacation to California. Like that's pretty cool. So awesome. It takes care of that. So think about your own goals. Are they in alignment with the truth of who you are and what you really want in your life and what really matters to you? And we'd love to hear from you both on my Instagram, on Mike's Instagram. Just go to the post that talks about this episode and, and let us know. What are your goals and, and did they shift at all listening to this episode? That's what I'd really love to know. Hmm. So thanks for listening in. Remember, you can head over to myoriginworkshop.com to get on the early VIP waitlist for my brand new workshop about time and energy management, a revolutionary approach that I haven't seen anywhere else. So. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So for years, I've been thinking about holding and hosting a high-level mastermind, paid mastermind, for a small group of women who really want to go deep over a long period of time to take their businesses to the next level. I've had the opportunity to be in close conversation with a lot of business owners who are further along in their journey than me and kind of learn things behind the scenes while we're making eggs in the morning or like curled up on the couch with tea at night. And those opportunities have been so valuable for our business growth. And I want to offer that kind of small, intimate, going deep opportunity. And so I finally decided there were a couple of signs. It is time. And I am officially opening doors to the Origin Incubator. So this is for entrepreneurs who identify as female, who are well established. So you have consistent revenue, you have consistent customers, you more or less know what your offerings are. And it's high level, and it's going to be small, only 10 women, and some of those spots are already filled. So if this sounds good to you, and you would like to work with me quite closely in 2019, and also have an opportunity to work a little bit with Mike throughout, head over to origincollective.com forward slash incubator. So again, that's origincollective.com forward slash incubator. And you can learn more about the program and you can learn about how you can apply. I hope to see you in the program.